You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here, and I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that measure success. This episode is brought to you by Gear Up Sports. Gear Up Sports is one of the leaders in youth apparel sports, but they also support company attire with a distributed workforce and gear to stay connected. You can learn more about them at gearupwithus.com. If you are looking on YouTube, you'll see I'm wearing Gear Up Store uh, podcast gear right now. And our 40 strategy and actually all of our guests, Stephen will be getting one of our uh, pieces of uh, swag as well after completing this. So anyways, thank you, uh, Stephen, for that. And then before we talk about Stephen a little bit more, we got connected through LinkedIn. He actually had one of the best LinkedIn introductions that I've ever seen. He actually shared with me, had my name written out and say, hey, Carl, I want to talk with you, which I thought was like very, very unique. So I want to give you kudos for that, Stephen. Stephen is the CEO for Luna. He's a uh, 26-year-old startup entrepreneur living in Eindhoven, which is in the Netherlands. Uh, he founded his first startup six and a half years ago, a B2B car sharing company called Amber. Amber quickly grew in a company of 150 employees, servicing over 25,000 users. It was named one of the fastest tech growing tech companies for multiple years in a row. And about a year ago, Stephen stepped down from Amber to focus on a new startup called Luna. Uh, Stephen, welcome to the Measure Success Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, and it's fun. I, I, I've been shocked already by the amount of international guests that we have had uh, talking on it. And so it's fun to have you. Netherlands is one of my favorite places in the world. I used to go back to um, Amsterdam and Maastricht um, on a regular basis. Rotterdam actually have been to several of those places. Um, I love I love uh, the, the Dutch. And um, so anyway, awesome. um, I look forward to going back there again someday. And, uh, and you also have offices in, in U.S., San Francisco, is that correct? I think, Luna, or operations over here. and, and Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Stephen, tell us more about your company, Luna. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, about, uh, I think, half a year ago, we actually started with, uh, with Luna because uh, we wanted to make uh, uh, founders and, and SDRs much more uh, effective in their in their sales. So that's why we built Luna. And Luna is basically a SaaS uh, platform that uh, uses AI to find, on the one hand, the perfect leads for you as a salesperson. So we have a giant database with a lot of people, and we're constantly matching and uh, uh, you to the the perfect leads. And once we find the perfect lead for you, then Luna also uh, uses AI to start writing the message. And this actually saves you a ton of time because uh, I myself have been in B two B sales a lot. As well and uh, that actually uh, was always a pain for me that i was uh, continuously working like blocking hours in my day just to scroll through linkedin writing handwritten mess- messages that no one was ever going to read uh, so uh, that's actually uh, why we started luna and what we've built uh, today 
So that uh, I love how you talked about that. You know, like you you had this real problem experience, right? Of of it is a is a pain exactly. in the neck, right? You know, of like writing the scripts <laughs> and, and coming up with separate slight messaging and, and little differences. So you talked about this other database. So are you buying leads then, so to so to speak, or getting access to leads? And so then you match it with what your customers are looking for. Exactly, exactly. So we're basically continuously uh, expanding that database, not only in the number of leads we have there, but also in the like the number of parameters on which we can match. Uh, because that's the thing with AI, of course. If you if you train it well with a lot of different parameters, the more parameters, the more accurate it will uh, it will be. So we're we're constantly working on that. Very interesting. And is this now obviously you're in the Netherlands, but you have operations in the U.S. Is this just limited to the U.S.? Is it global as well? Um, how far? What what markets are you currently targeting? Uh, so we we actually started out worldwide. I guess that that's the thing, of course, with startups. Is you start with an idea. Like I had a personal pain where I was like continued like I. And when I stepped back from Amber, I knew that I wanted to do something with this because I could not have been the only one experiencing this. Um, but my experience, of course, is different than yours, Carl, or maybe like other people uh, as well. Uh, so we built the first version as simple as possible and just started testing. So we just threw it out there in the world and just started uh, reaching out to people. Actually, the, the same way that we got in contact was just our way of just reaching out to people and asking them for their feedback and basically trying to figure out what is what is their pain? Is it the same as mine? Is it a bit, little bit different? Does uh, does the problem actually exist? And do we have a solution that 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 solves that problem, so to say? So we're just continuously trying that out, and that actually led us to uh, to setting up shop in in the US as well, because uh, we uh, we experienced that uh, the the people that we were reaching out to, uh, like from all the people that we were reaching out to, that uh, the people in the US were the the ones that uh, that 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 immediately stepped on it and, and started using it. So I think about 70 or 80% of our users is based in the U.S. right now, not because we've been focusing on the U.S., but yeah, well, we are now, of course, but uh, yeah, they were uh, just uh, converting the best. Interesting. Super interesting. So now you talked about, so I'm curious about the AI learning experience, right? For those who aren't as familiar with it, how is the system getting quote unquote smarter, right? So it can, you can help process better leads and have better outcomes for your clients. Exactly, and that's a, that's the thing that we uh, they're really excited about because um, uh, I've been working with a lot of SaaS tools, not only like sales related, but like like software tools in general. And the thing that I that I always personally struggled with, I'm I'm pretty tech savvy. Uh, I got an engineering background, but still, it took me like half a day up to a day to get to know those tools. Uh, like also, when with Amber, we were onboarding new people that had to use them, like the first two, three days of their employment, which is basically watching Udemy videos about a certain software tool. And that was just, it was because all the smart stuff had to happen like by a human hand instead of smart technology. And that's why we've been focusing on AI. So all the heavy lifting happens in the back end of, uh, of Luna, all the smart stuff happens in the back end. And within the software platform, it all gets presented to the user in a simple card. Like Luna suggests this action, like this lead would be perfect for you. This connection request uh, would fit this lead best and stuff like that. And the only thing that you do is approve or deny the action which is interesting for two reasons. One of them is that you as a user do not have to do anything because Luna does everything for you. But the other other thing for us is that every time that you click approve or deny, you're actually training our AI. 
And so you have a lot of people that that train there, like there are a lot of companies that have an AI that need to be trained. They have a lot of uh, like uh, employees. They're just clicking constantly and stuff like that. But you always get biased data. Our data is like fully pure because uh, it's from our users ourselves. So every like with every interaction with Luna, you're not only making the AI sm smarter for you, but also for like all the users that we have. Wow! Wow! Very cool. Um, <laughs> and. I love that. I love the aspect. So, so there's truly machine learning, if you may, as well, that's being involved with this. So it's not just AI, but it's machine learning and it's, so the software is learning itself as it goes forward. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. So we're continuously measuring. Uh, we're actually tracking a, a lot of key metrics uh, throughout, like from the moment that we started, we knew that uh, this was the first time that we were focusing on like a, like a full software product. Uh, so we knew that we could do everything based on data. So within Luna as well, we do not make any decisions based on assumptions. Everything is based on metrics, on data uh, and, and stuff like that. So that is a really important one for us. We're continuously working on, on improving that. And with all the, every interaction that you, that you have with the Luna platform right now, you're not only at, um, uh, uh, training the, the, the prospecting neural net, or like the prospecting AI, for example, but you're also generating data for us to move uh, towards new features. So the new features that we think of, they're not thought by, of by us, by the founders of the company, but they're thought of by our users. Our users are continuously uh, not only giving verbal feedback in uh, demo calls or follow-up calls or something, but they're also uh, well uh, struggling and we can see that in the data and then we know what we should fix. So we're just basically measuring everything that we can measure in order to just uh, work towards building that perfect product. So this is what I really like, like about this, because once again, how long did it take from idea to launch to actually get Three it months. up running? Three months? So, yeah, so we've been working on the company for about five months right now. Mm -hmm. uh, three months of that was, was like development and I'm doing a lot of user interviews. And uh, we've been live for uh, it's two and a half months right now, the 10th of January, 2022. So it's uh, two and a half months. And uh, yeah, we've been... Uh, We've been we've been growing, uh, but most importantly, we've been generating a lot of feedback. Uh, like in the last, I think, month, uh, we we did over one hundred user interviews alone, just to like get everything out of those people. And one thing, like one aspect that that I think is is really really cool about Luna, that's something that I'm like like a bit, a bit of a passion project for me. So the same is that. Um, we have an advisory board and normally when you have a startup, the advisory board is always like uh, well. Of course, uh, it's it's not always the case, but like, like old people, like really experienced and they're maybe advising, but they're mostly used for name dropping. Luna's advisory board exists of like, it consists of the, the 10 uh, most active users because they're the one who can actually advise us the most effectively because they, they know uh, who the target group is. They know how the product should look like. They know, they basically know everything. And that's why they are our advisory board. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool. We're just trying to get uh, as much feedback as we can. So a couple of things that you brought up that you mentioned, clearly you got to a point where you had an MVP, a minimum, minimum viable product that you got out as quick as you could. So you didn't wait two, three years, you tried something out. And I also love that concept of, I, I, you know, frankly, I've seen a lot of advisory boards not be very effective. Um, and I like it how you have taken that concept of them taking where actually real active users who have a passion and they want it to work, right? And they're providing you the best, best feedback you can get because they're actively using it. They want it. Um, I love that. Exactly. Anyways, I just want to say, I love that. Situation. Concept <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it is common. Like you said, is getting, 
uh, old guys like me, so to speak, right? You know, who, who are like giving their concepts around it. You're like, no, we're actually making decisions based on data, not based on your feelings. Exactly, exactly. And that was a really important one for us because that's also uh, like with with the Luna team. I'm really I'm really proud of like the the founding team that we have. We're with the three of us, but uh, we're we're all three. We're we're fairly young, but we all are. We have experience. Like we have founded startups before. We have made mistakes there. We've learned a lot of valuable lessons. We also did good things of course but uh like the mistakes are the ones that you learn the most from and that was actually a very interesting one like if you combine all that all that experience uh then the first thing that we knew that should happen is we're never going to make a decision based on the assumption of gut feeling again because we have the data so now also within like uh, when we have a brainstorm session or something it's not like uh, oh maybe this should work let's try it out we say maybe this should work let's look at the data and we know for sure if it would work or not and that's uh yeah it's a totally different way of thinking from like the, the previous startup in this one but it's uh yeah it's uh, it works really well yeah i love that i i absolutely do i mean i think it's absolutely fantastic uh the process of how you do that um so so you have a couple different partners that you work with that you know have, have helped get it started so let's let's pop back i want to stop talking about luna for just for a minute so you were how old when you started amber 19 19 okay so how did that get kicked off and i mean you turned that to 150 employee company T- tell me about what how you came up with the idea at 19 years old to start this company and how did you get it to be one of the fastest growth growing companies that's a good question, uh, actually. <laughs> now, the, the, the fun thing was uh, I started that company together with two friends from uh, like I was still studying. Uh, so halfway through my studies, I, I, we founded the company. So we dropped out and, and, and decided to focus on that. And the thing was with, with Amber, it was mostly just based on like pure conviction because we knew that, there, that something needed to happen in that automotive industry, in that, that mobility industry. There were a lot of cars, like a lot of companies focusing on building electric cars. And actually the, 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 the moment that inspired me most about like uh, growing, growing Amber and that something needed to happen within that, like in that sustainability, the sharing economy. But all this, when I was in, in Fremont, California, actually, I was there at the Tesla factory. It was, uh, well, we were working on like electric cars and stuff like that. So Tesla at that time was already the holy grail as it, as it still is, of course. Um, but I was walking there and there were like, there were, it was a giant parking lot. And there were so many parked Teslas that were basically doing nothing. So then my head got to thinking, if everybody in the world were to drive a Tesla, uh, that would not solve our uh, climate change and like all the all the, the, the global stuff that we have going on right now, because um, everybody would still need one car that is doing nothing for 23 hours of a day. And that got us thinking into uh, building a car sharing platform that optimally uses electric fully electric vehicles so that uh, that one hour a day that a car is normally driving is uh, is not only sustainable but it does that for a lot of different people and that actually got us thinking and then it was just uh, like pure conviction conviction because uh, we uh, we all had no working experience my prior working experience was basically being a dishwasher in a, in a restaurant where uh, five people were working uh, so that was the biggest company that i've ever worked for and the same with uh, with Amber. So every time we hired someone, that was the biggest company we had ever worked for. So it was an interesting experience. Um, but um, yeah, and this, the, the thing is also we got really inspired by uh, all the, the, the Silicon Valley startup uh, success stories, of course, because we wanted to be a company like that. And then that just uh, kept us going uh, day and night. So um, yeah, it was a it was a really fun time. 
was there a particular CEO, you know, who, who are those, like, if you may kind of startups, if you may, or, you know, successful companies that really, was there a person or two in particular that really guided you and like, I, I need to follow what Zuckerberg's doing or, you know, I mean, who, who was it, if you may, that like really emulated, gave you the motivation to continue to move forward? Was there any particular, per- I'm curious, was there any particular person or is it a company or is it just the collection of companies that showed that they could do it? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the second, it's, it was a collection of companies. I've been to the, I've been to Silicon Valley a couple of times and it was, it doesn't matter who you speak to there. If you just approach a random stranger and on the streets of Palo Alto, for example, everybody has, has an awesome story like that. They, they're working for, or working with, or working on a company that's doing amazing stuff. So that, that entire energy, that's just what got me going. So every time I went there, that was also the, the like the inside joke within the companies, uh, like within Amber. If it, if I came back from San Francisco, then the first like the first two or three days, they would just completely ignore me because my energy level would be so so. They would be really really high, and they would just ignore me until I cooled down again, and then like I started making sense again. Um, but it was like the, the the environment there, which was uh, we really different from what we have here in the Netherlands. And uh, that, uh, that, that helped me a lot. So that's, uh, and like one of the cool stories, it's, 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 it's both, uh, I think it's both a really cool story and a really bad story is the story of Uber, of course. Uh, Uber is, is a company that, that grew amazingly fast. They would do everything in their power to start, keep on growing. But the toxic company culture that, uh, that existed there, that was, uh, well, the, the opposite of what we wanted to achieve, of course. But uh, the, the way that they grew, like the way that they were focusing on, growth that was um that was pretty cool yeah 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 exactly yeah there's there's definitely culture issues so so let's talk about i can't imagine once i get why well, i can but i and i understand i've read it and seen it and actually i've been a part of a lot of growth parts myself but i'm curious from your perspective of what what were the biggest obstacles of that growth path of amber that you're like i don't want to do that mistake again going into Luna, you know, so, so what is that? What is that kind of one big thing that you're like, I I don't want to do that again? Yeah. Yeah. For me, that's, uh, that's an easy one. That was uh, uh, trying to grow too fast. Uh, I see a lot of startups around me doing, doing that as well, because once I've done it myself, if I had done it myself, I started recognizing it, but uh, like growing too quickly and not really like growing too quickly in your growth, we're starting to grow too quickly. Um, uh, like starting, start focusing on growth too quickly. That's what I should say is the most important thing because we had somewhat of a product market fit. But we are, we're not quite there yet. And that basically happened when we started uh, growing and we raised our first investment investment rounds then our of course our investors they were only focused on like uh us reaching our milestones and getting that, those growth numbers up and because we did not have the like the perfect product market fit it just took a lot of time and effort we were just constantly pushing growth like it took a lot of energy just to keep that growth going and then hitting the milestones like barely so to say and with luna what we did is we took a step back. We actually had, had investors lined up where we said, no, we're going to take an extra couple of months because I knew from experience that once I got those investors in, they would actually um, uh, they, they would actually expect us to keep on growing. That's the step. Once you, once you take that step, 
you're not going to get back from that. You're not going to raise a couple of million and then say, well, I'm just going to take a couple of months to, che- like, to check out what we're going to do. Now, from that moment on, it's just uh, just uh, yeah, full focus in one direction and it should be the right one. So uh, that's why we took, and that's also why we're measuring everything because that's also for us a way to reach that product market fit. We actually know a couple of, we have a couple of metrics isolated where we, and we set the threshold. We want this metric to reach that threshold with this metric to reach that threshold. And that's how we measure our product market fit because we know once that happens, once we reach those thresholds, then pushing growth will not mean like us pouring everything we have into just reaching that milestone. It would be like we start growing and we can actually be focusing on accelerating instead of uh, keeping the growth curve alive. Yeah. 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 That's uh I love that. I love how you thought through that. What, what it's interesting. Cause obviously you're going to be growing faster than the average business. Right. Um, yeah. So, so what is that where you get that feeling of you you're moving too fast versus moving not fast enough. Right. Cause you, you, I mean, the reality is you're going to be doubling and doubling and doubling as opposed to maybe you're not saying you don't want to 10 exit. Right. You know, but when you're so small, right. The, the numbers are pretty significant. Um, with a company exactly. like this, I don't think you probably need as many people as much, right? Because it's much more of a software-driven piece, but you are going to have a point, right, where you're not going to be able to do everything. And your team, you're exactly. going to need to delegate towards that. So um, have you thought through that, like from, from the, the strategy part of, is it going to be a people constraint you think is going to be the biggest challenge in the future? Is it going to be a process? Is it going to be systems? How do you see that kind of next big thing help specifically with Luna? Uh, I think there are, there are going to be a couple of things when we're when we're looking at the growth curve of, of Luna, like the potential growth curve that we're hopefully going to have in the future when we're going to 10x and 100x and like we're, we're, we're going for the moon as we as we say it internally. Uh, so once we start doing that, there are of course going to be a couple of constraints. One of them that is going to be probably the most recent one is getting the right people in. Uh, it's also what, I, what, what we've all experienced within Luna is it's not like the, the right people on hard skills because uh, there are a lot of people that, that have a specific talent and stuff like that, but it should be mostly on soft skills, company culture, like your core values as a person, that should be totally aligned. And once you focus on, like, for example, a developer, you can have brilliant developers, but if they um, don't like what you're doing as much or that they... If there's something happening there that that just does not make you aligned at all, then there is going to be some restraints in your growth. So I think that's a, that's a really important one. That's also what we're focusing on because we are going to be pl- like we're planning on hiring a couple of people in the near future, and now we're already conducting interviews. And the first round of interviews, like the first conversation we're going to have with someone, we're not going to talk about Luna. We're not going to talk about uh, hard skills like resumes and stuff like that. Basically, we're going to focus on what those people find most important in life and preferably in their personal life. And once we get aligned on that. Then it will like if they don't have the hard skills yet, we can we can learn them in a month or two. But just really focus on on that, so to say. That's a that's a really important one for uh, for Luna. Uh, that's something that we're really focused on as well. If you take a look at more of the the the, the long term strategy, uh, like the long term growth curve, I think the biggest constraint is going to be don't know for sure, but it's going to be uh, our competitors because we're a software company, of course. Uh, like we've built the software, uh, but we've thought of the idea. So now it's 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 a bit of a blue ocean, uh, as they say. But as soon as Luna is going to start 
taking off uh, then other companies are going to see that as well and then there will hopefully uh, going to be some people that are going to copy it and uh, trying to improve us and trying to out execute us and then it's basically a matter of uh, both execution and uh, just uh, staying in touch with your customers because uh, that's something that I, I think I've not got gotten up to that uh, that point yet. Um, but what I what I've heard from a lot of stories and a lot of people around me that uh, that I talk to this about is that uh, as soon as you start growing really quickly and you're trying to outperform your your competitors, you tend to get really focused on those competitors and trying to do something better than they are doing. But in the end, you're effectively all losing because nobody is talking to their customers anymore. And the only thing that that I hope we're going to do with Luna then is just like put in our tunnel vision and, and focus that vision on their owners, the, the customers, because if we just keep on fitting that need as perfectly as we can, then we're going to beat it. And our competitors are not going to, uh, going to make a chance. are going, going to have a chance to, uh, to succeed. So I think that's, uh, that's it for Luna. Steven. So, I love this. First of all, I, I think I could talk to you all day about, uh, your, your past <laughs> business, your existing business, um, I want to now move to the personal side, right? So I'm curious of how you are keeping yourself going. I mean, that you have the value of being still young um, and having a lot of natural energy, if you may. Um, what do you do on a regular basis to keep yourself focused on, on your business, right? And, and to do the right things and not getting distracted by other things that are out there. So what, what, what type of strategies or tactics or habits that you do on a regular basis to uh, keep working is, is what you need to, right. To grow the business. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I, that I, that I do, and I think uh, a lot of people do, or at least should do is that I, I try to keep fit. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work out every day uh, just to get rid of that, that, that energy, so to say, that's also what I experienced during COVID when the gym was closed and I, I was, and I was really cold in the Netherlands. It's uh, it was raining. It was uh, cold. It was freezing. It was, it was not no weather to go, to go working out outside. Uh, so that was, that was a period that was also pretty challenging because you have all that energy built up and you have nowhere to, 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 to like to let it flow so to say so I try to work out every day just to get rid of that energy and just like to to, to help me focus um, and another thing that is uh, very important for me is that I try to try to I'm really like uh, focused as a person focused like I, I need to focus on something I cannot do multiple things at the same time uh, so that's why I try to keep everything that is well, irrelevant, so to say, to me, or like not as relevant as as other things, just to keep it as uh, as, as as standardized as possible. So, for example, um, I have the same breakfast for a couple of years. I'm having it every day, uh, same lines. Uh, I have a couple of go-to dinners uh, that um, every time when I'm like uh, when I'm uh, focused on something or really need to get going or. For example, I had uh, I had this this podcast scheduled. Currently, it's uh, it's about eight thirty p.m. in the Netherlands. So right before this podcast, I had to while I was uh, preparing for and uh, like uh, like thinking about uh, what we're going to talk about, I was just having my dinner, and I was not going to 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 cook it. Uh, of course, uh, like spend hours in the kitchen. I just have a couple of go to meals that I. They, that are very healthy because healthy food is very important uh, to me as well. Uh, I'm not eating junk food or ordering pizzas or something like that, but just takes me 10 max 15 minutes to prepare fully healthy and then just uh, keep going. So basically trying to keep everything standardized and simple and then uh, focus on uh, the stuff that you really want to focus on. Uh, that's great wisdom. 
Um, you, you know, <laughs> it, it truly is. I mean, it's great wisdom of what you've done is you, you, you're, you're exercising, right? So you have a consistent exercise habit. You're eating consistent foods and, and trying to get to be healthy. And, and then you're eliminating the things that are important. It sounds like, you know, exactly. eliminating the yeah. ambiguity and the waste of it. Now, I actually read about it in a blog once that, uh, that that's uh, about productivity and I've been focused and going on for a long time because of course, like uh, I, I always see a startup a bit of like uh, being uh, like, uh, like a professional athlete. Uh, you're just doing everything uh, like you're dedicating, get, dedicating your entire life to building that dream, whether it's winning the Super Bowl or building a unicorn, uh, so to say. Uh, so it's, it stops, stops where the only thing is with sports, you're really uh, like doing your, like you're appealing to your physical side and with startup, it's, uh, it's also a lot of the mental stuff uh, that, uh, that you need to work on and need to keep clean and need to focus. And when I was reading a blog, um, the guy that wrote it, he was speaking about like the, 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 the triangle, the most important triangle, triangle which is uh, like good exercise, uh, good food and uh, a good night, like a good night's sleep. And you can like preferably you have three of them, you can eliminate one uh, and then you can still keep on going. But if you start eliminating two, then you're, uh, then you're done for it. And, uh, then uh, you're gonna you're gonna burn out and you're, uh, you're not gonna uh, it's not gonna happen so to say so that's why good exercise and good food i'm always trying to focus on because a good night's sleep is uh, sometimes is a challenge especially if you're in europe and you're trying to do business with the us then it's a lot of a uh, lot of late nights but uh, yeah that's perfect it's uh, it's more than worth it so how would you then Based on all the everything you said, if you're like kind of daily on daily basis or weekly basis, how would you measure success in your personal life then? Uh, for me personally, I think, uh, and that has always been the case, is that I that I want to be happy, and that sounds pretty cheesy and maybe a bit of a straightforward answer. But the thing is, I I actually made a promise to myself uh, when I was in high school still, so that was about I think. 10 years ago or something that I, I made a promise to myself that I was never going to do stuff that I didn't want to do. Uh, so never going to do stuff that I didn't like or something like that. And how I measure my success, I also um, do some reflection, like, uh, for example, on the weekends, on a Sunday night, I'm just sitting on the couch and I'm just like, no distractions, phone away and stuff like that. Just having, just having a, a uh, sitting there in the living room and just thinking about the last week and like did I do stuff that I didn't like because I always uh, know that if my energy level gets down if my energy level gets low then I know that I've been doing stuff that I didn't want to do and that I didn't like to do and how I measure success is if I'm if I'm happy during those those reflections like on that Sunday night if I'm just sitting there talking to my girlfriend and we're just enjoying the moment and enjoying the day then I know that I've been focusing on the things that really make me happy and really that I really love to do um, and that's uh, that's basically how I measure it so it's not a quantitative measurement like we do with Luna but uh, yeah, I think uh, for me this one is uh, the most important there is that's great anyways I, I, lo I love it I love your focus I love and it is right that is one of the the, the goals right is ultimately to to enjoy life and, and exactly. I love we have a limited time right. on this beautiful earth, so we better enjoy it. That's right. Absolutely. So I, all my guests, I like to ask a book, what book would you recommend to our audience? Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful bridge because the one that I, uh, I immediately thought of when, uh, when you asked me the question in the preparation was uh, uh, Soul for Happy from Mo Gadot. So I don't know if you're familiar with that, but Mo Gadot is, is the, the ex-CEO of, uh, of like Google X, so the, 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 the brilliant products division, so to say, where they built their autonomous cars and autonomous drones and stuff like that, where they do all the, the crazy and awesome stuff. 
Uh, so he was the CEO there. He's a brilliant tech guy, a brilliant engineer, a brilliant business guy as well. Uh, but the thing was, he was uh, he was struggling with his happiness, and that's why he started uh, writing his book. And basically, the, the the thing that I love about this book is that it it is about happiness. So it's a really abstract subject, so to say. So like i'm an engineer myself so i have an engineering background uh, so for me it's also a, a pretty, like a weird subject to talk about because you cannot measure it you cannot solve for it you cannot do anything mathematical with it which you can do with data and uh, like you can use ratings and stuff like that but the way that he wrote about happiness in his book was for me within like an engineering engineering uh, mind uh yeah it was it was completely understandable and actually taught me a lot about happiness being happy how you can uh, uh uh, yeah, the, how do you say that? Prevent not being happy and like see, like um, experience the signals when you are not going to be happy and stuff like that, which was uh, for me a really, uh, really interesting one. So it was the combination of my engineering background and my well, quest for happiness, so to say, like my promise to myself, I'm only doing stuff that I really want to do. Uh, that was the perfect combination in that book. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, urging a lot of people to uh, start reading it because uh, it actually taught me a lot. That's great. Uh, Steven, that's a great book recommendation. I have not read it yet, so I will be adding that to the list. So where can people learn more about you and the company from a website perspective? Uh, exactly, exactly. So we, we, have, we have a website. It's getluna.dev uh, get where you can read about Luna. Um, you, can, uh, you can, of course, uh, connect to me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to be as active as I can, but I, uh, I sometimes forget about posting stuff. But the thing what we want to do with Luna as well <clears throat> it's for us it's a brilliant learning experience and we want to post on that on linkedin as well so just uh, connect on linkedin or follow or something like that which i'm always uh, happy to uh, to share thoughts and share uh, share lessons so to say and to actually learn the most about luna uh, is i would say just just give it a try uh, you can easily give it a try it's you're onboarded in about 30 seconds and yeah if if you're uh, trying to give luna a go and trying to learn what Luna is, then that helps us to also learn more about Luna and what it could potentially do. Uh, so that would be a win-win situation for us. So, uh, yeah. Perfect. So once again, it's getluna.dev and, and please go to that to learn more about Luna and their growth and, and how they're helping out the whole process of getting leads, right? And, and making a more effective way exactly. of using AI to help automate that process, which is always a challenge for salespeople, right? As they're uh, prospecting and looking for new opportunities. So uh, exactly. once again, hang on, we're, I'm just doing our, but I just want to thank you once again, Stephen, for being on the Measure Success podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It was, uh, it was really fun to talk about this. Absolutely. And, and thank you to our listeners. Uh, and we all, as always, are wishing you the very best at measuring success. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.